Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast network. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 6, episode 93. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor, and our continuation of our English and literacy season. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Melissa Webb, who's from writeonweb.com. And I'm very excited because she's transitions the, the school world and the homeschool world. And of course, we've got some great and very eager US listeners. So I'm really keen to be able to make sure that we can give you some great value as well as all the great content we do from, from here in the UK. So Melissa, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it is truly, truly my pleasure. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you. Fantastic. Why don't we start with with you to give us a little bit of background in terms of of where you're living over there in America and and your your professional experience and and how you sort of got into the world of education? Oh, absolutely. So uh, I am from America and I'm on the very west side of the United States in Southern California, which we lovingly term SoCal. I am about 45 miles from sunny San Diego. So uh, I know nobody probably feels too sorry for me. It's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> place to live. Um, and I grew up here, went to college here. I actually got my teaching credential back in the 1990s, which certainly ages me, but I think that just means more experience, right? <laughs> Absolutely. The perfect way of looking at it. I'm doing exactly the same thing on a daily basis these days. <laughs> Good, good. I think that works well for us. Um, And so I actually did uh, teach in a classroom, a traditional public classroom for 13 years. Um, And that was at an elementary level. And so uh, for here in the United States, elementary typically covers from grades um, four. We now have transitional kindergarten uh, all the way until fifth or sixth grade. Then we have our middle school which typically will be sixth or seventh and eighth. And uh, then we also have our high school level, which uh, will be ninth through 12th grade, which is typically children 14 to 18. Um, And then obviously from there, trade schools, colleges, and universities. Well, my interest has always been with the elementary and then the middle school ages. That's, That's where I seem to feel very comfortable and reside in my happy place. And so so I taught at the elementary level for 13 years in a traditional classroom and then was hearing about people who were homeschooling, which I was most curious about because, of course, on my high little horse, (laughs) I was like, what? How can a parent be an educator? They don't have the piece of paper I have. And uh, that curiosity really led to some amazing friendships because I'm telling you, when there's a passion for something, you don't need the piece of paper, right? You know what you want to do for your children and the information is readily available to all of us. And I see homeschooling parents who run circles around classroom teachers these days giving such great opportunities because they can, right? They have a lot more flexibility in there in their learning and their curriculum. And and so it's been a great experience. So for another 
15 years, I moved over to a charter school that supported homeschooling parents, but offered a credentialed teacher as their educational support person. And so I did that for a good decade and a half. And uh, I'm telling you, it was just, it's been such a rewarding, rewarding um, job and experience. Um, and throughout that time, I myself became an accidental homeschooler. Never thought I was going to homeschool my own children, but of course I had to do that. Um, and uh, also during that time, I was given an opportunity to start teaching online. My passion is writing, and so I was asked by my administrators, you know, would I be interested in trying an online writing program? And I said, sure, you know, what does that look like? And they said, we don't know. and um, I was very fortunate to have supportive administrators who truly believed in what I did and said we just want you to create something which is like a teacher's dream come true (laughs) it's the complete opposite isn't it of that kind of you must do this today and you must do this in the next hour to have that creative freedom like I say dream come true indeed it truly truly was and I said really I can do it whatever way I feel is best and They said, let's try it. And so at the time, we were uh, supporting families in the San Diego area, the Riverside area, just neighboring um, counties. And we had a student population of of near 2,500 students uh, for kindergarten through 12th grade at the time. And so I loved this opportunity where I could teach online and have students virtually show up with me. Um, and I would have students out in Palm Desert and and out in Orange County and Los Angeles and San Diego, and we would all show up online in this you know virtual classroom where I would lead with instruction and we would interact. And students who were typically home based now suddenly had this peer community. And it was fabulous within, the first month I ended up with waiting lists of students who had heard about it, wanted to um, get involved with it, but I could only hold so many in, in my you know online classroom. And, and so I started doing this. I just loved it and loved it. And a family that was going to be moving to another state had said, you know, you should make this your business. And I chuckled and said, oh, yeah, sure, that wouldn't that be great, right? And um, she planted a seed. And she said, you know, because I think they were moving to Idaho or somewhere. And she said, we could we could still meet with you from Idaho if, if this were like your own business. And I, that was just a dream, Mark. It was a dream to think, wait a minute. I could only teach writing, which is my passion, in the way that I have seen works best to any community here or across the pond <laughs> or anywhere globally. I mean, this was just mind blowing, this opportunity. And so in the summer of 2017, I was I was lucky enough to get the blessing from my charter school. I said, I'm kind of thinking I might create something on my own. And they were like, what a great idea. You know, your families love it and you should. And 
And so I opened up a summer course in, in the summer 2017, and I had a whopping six students <laughs> join. And that was just the start of something that's grown big. I resigned from teaching this January 2019. And as of April, I have 100 students. Wow. So it's definitely meeting a need. And uh, we are having far too good a time to even call it school <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, something that has any negative connotation because we have a good time. It sounds amazing. And, and there are a few things that really jump out of me there. One is the fact that, like you were saying, um, homeschooling parents, you know, they're becoming a facilitator rather than a teacher. There's, there's sort of, uh, like I say, because the content's there, the, the, the learning availabilities you know in your particular example you know of writing you know you can find great stuff around you you just have to work out how that fits into your homeschooling world and we've talked before on the podcast about how we think actually that's probably the way the more traditional classroom will start to go because it makes more sense because it frees up the time then doesn't it to support your children with what they need to know in terms of being able to talk around the specific problems they might have rather than just feeding them information direct because like you say you've got this virtual person or, or a course which is actually giving you absolutely everything that you need in terms of the actual just learning aspect correct that is exactly correct and a lot of the homeschooling parents especially love it because so granted they they haven't had the formal education for for the most part, a lot of teachers are homeschooling their own children as well. Uh, but a lot of the parents feel that, I mean, the challenge, I mean, if you think about it, truly the challenge is, so the classroom teacher maybe teaches third grade, you know, for eight years, it's the same curriculum, year in and year out, you, you really can become an expert at your grade level. But a homeschooling parent has a much bigger challenge because maybe they're homeschooling two children or three children, some obviously more, some less, but you're in that grade for a year and then you're moving on to the next year of standards and the next material to, you know, so it, it changes so rapidly. It can be overwhelming for some parents to always have to be learning new material. And, and so when I can come alongside them and say, hey, it's okay if you don't understand persuasive, expository, and narrative, I'm really good at these. <laughs> so <laughs> I can teach these to your children and so that they're very equipped in the written literary sense and they can share their work with peers, which is critical. I mean, it's not that mom isn't a wonderful audience. She is. And she's probably every child's best cheerleader. Fathers, of course, as well. But children get tired of that being their only audience, right? That when we write, we write specifically to be heard by someone and when it's only mom, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit limiting. And the, the other thing that really struck me is the fact that, you know, certainly my children, they spend a lot of time, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of sort of negativity about on-screen time and, and this kind of thing, but their social lives in a positive way are often, you know, through gaming or, or through social media, I think in a positive way, you know, they, they could just be sat in a room on their own doing nothing. But actually, some of the laughter and the enjoyment I hear our kids doing, just because, you know, they're effectively in a room of four people that just happen to be in their own rooms, rather rather than in, in one particular room in one particular house. And, and that just becomes part of the norm of how their social life works when they're not physically able to be in the same place. They might have been at school all day together. But then even when they get home, they want to still be sharing their time. So, the idea of showing up for learning 
online, like you say, in a virtual classroom, is something which is, is second nature to them. Um, it must have completely different connotations than some of us older people who are sort of thinking, but it's not quite the same as having the teacher-pupil relationship. Right, and yet you're right. It it actually is such a beautiful thing. So my course is often, um, so once a week we meet live online, even though I have a lot of embedded instruction at various levels for different children. We can talk about that if you like, but we meet once a week live and it's just an optional day. Uh, I typically will go over the highlights of that week, what students are going to be working on, and then I have a question and answer opportunity so students can you know, get a little more clarification. And I always open with a joke of the week, and they love it, right? And it's mm. always some you know, ridiculous pun, but they, you know, they humor me. And then um, I always allow, if they want to come on a little early, like 10, 15 minutes early before class starts, we can socialize and you can talk to your friends in your class. And I will tell you the punctuality of my class is amazing because <laughs> okay. they're all jumping on 10 to 15 minutes, even before class begins because of what you just said. They are eager and excited to talk to, to different people and they love it and I love it. I, I love that. I think that's great because you know you're you're bringing them somewhere that they want to be, rather than sometimes the more traditional sense is where they want to be is exactly that with their friends. But that happens to be in the playground before they're going to come into class, <laughs> and so you have yes. that different dynamic. And uh, so I'm really interested. Can you talk a little bit about, like you said, some some of the topics, some of the themes, some of the things that your courses cover, um, but also in terms of how that schooling and and homeschooling and and the fact that the charter school was involved as well. It seems like you've got a real mix there that you can support those students who are just homeschooled but also if there are parents supporting their children who are still in school am I right in thinking that correct yes so the way that I have found and and hopefully so if you have teachers listening or home educators listening um, I'm I'm hoping that what I can do is really give you a takeaway that you could say hey we're gonna start doing this right away because truly I have found in my decades of experience the method that I use for teaching writing works just beautifully. Um, I know that people will say like with digital courses, I forget Mark what the percentage is, but typically like 15 to 20, maybe 25% of people actually ever complete a digital course, which they purchase. And it's the absolute reverse in my courses. I get um, a completion rate anywhere from 75 to 85%. Students are able to keep up with my pace, show up, do the work, because obviously I can teach all day long, but if they're not applying the process and doing the work and not fighting with their parent to get it done, right, that's the battle right there. So the process that I use that works really well is I teach monthly courses. So every month we learn a new genre and style within the writing spectrum. And in a month, and it's that's the beauty of it too, because the continuity and the predictability. So week one is always gonna be my presentation week, and I'm gonna present to them this genre and the specific style that we're gonna be doing within this genre of writing. I start to um, get them to collect information, whether that's maybe reading some articles or doing some research. So they're connecting with text, and then they're starting to outline. Maybe they're taking notes, right? They're gathering their thoughts and information. That's always week one. Week two is our production week. So we're going to take our notes and our 
um, outline. And now we're going to actually create the rough draft or what we call the sloppy copy, where we're just going to get all of those ideas down on paper, whether that's pen and pencil or you're using, you know, Google Docs, you know, you're going to get those ideas down. Week three is always what we call our polishing week. So I teach revision and I teach editing, which are two separate techniques and styles that we need to be practicing, obviously. And I have a couple tools that I use to really help children do this independently. And a lot of the homeschooling parents tell me this is their favorite week because <laughs> their child really learns to take ownership over their own work and start to make their own work better because I don't know if you know this. I'm sure your children have done this too. They write something and you say, Hey, this is great. You could change X, Y, and Z. And they look at you like you're from another planet. Like, <laughs> why would I do that? It's perfectly fine. Like I did the assignment. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. And so I have some really fun and easy techniques that I use. Um, one is called star revision and one is called the four color edit. And these techniques help students um, become more independent in doing those tasks. And then our final week, our fourth week, is always our publishing week. And this is a fun week because I actually take screenshots and clips from the student work and we showcase it and all the students show up live and we celebrate and read the different you know, paragraph clips, and, and it works for such a great review opportunity too, Mark, because I'll put up, you know, show a paragraph on a slide, and I'll say, so we're going to read this, and then you're going to have to tell me, so do you think this is introductory paragraph? Do you think this is a body paragraph? Why? You know, is this a conclusion? What's telling you this is a conclusion? So students are getting to, one, showcase their own work, two, see other children at various levels and we're reviewing what we've been practicing. So it's, I just love it. I just have to tell you, I love my process. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> probably corny, but I really do. I love my process because it has been working and I invite anybody to do that. Take your month, break it into those four weeks. It's less stressful. We're going for quality over quantity. I'm telling you by the end of the month, they have a primo beautiful essay. It's, it's fantastic. Are you a teacher looking for support to create and develop music in your school? We have created Primary Music on Fire, taking the fear out of teaching by giving you the step-by-step -step skills and ongoing support you need. If you're a homeschooling parent and would like the opportunity to learn an instrument with your child on our five-day challenges, all of this is available through Primary Music on Fire. Go to educationonfire.com forward slash primary hyphen music and sign up to the newsletter. That's educationonfire.com forward slash primary hyphen music. I love it and it really just is it's what I we were just talking just before we started recording about the sort of the global world that that is education mm -hmm. now and the fact that technology is just changing everything and 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 some of the previous podcasts in the season we've talked about the actual accountability and the actual presentation of work especially within this sort of English and literacy is really really key you know whether you're videoing your final product um your your final essay whether you're 
turning it into some kind of drama whether it's just a way of analyzing it and reviewing it from a visual point of view or whether you're like say presenting it over the internet to somebody else but there's a real purpose rather than that kind of i've been told i need to write an essay and like you said the homework thing's a classic thing oh i've done the assignment i've done the bit i had to do which was just physically having to do it and and then and then you move on whereas actually this is kind of about you're learning because you want to you're learning because it's got meaning it's got accountability you're doing it supportively amongst a group of people and and i think the essence of the feel of how you're learning in that scenario is very different than i'm just doing it because i've got to be here today correct correct and you know it has led to some ma- some amazing conversations within the group so when we did um persuasive writing Um, A couple months ago, I was teaching the style of argumentative writing. And so students had to form their opinion and back it up, you know, with evidence, right? We were talking about not being emotional writers. We want to be factual writers. And so they had to have, they had to cite some sources to really stick with their opinion. And I'm telling you, it was fantastic because we got into great discussions where people would actually say, I still don't agree with you. But you really made some great points. And I just feel that, you know, we are writing more now than ever. I see, you know, people say, oh, writing is becoming, you know, something we don't do anymore. We may be doing it in a typing fashion, but writing as a form of expression, as a form of communication. I mean, you and I are a great example of this. We communicated through written word before we spoke voice to voice multiple times. And people blog and people write reviews and I it's something we really need to make sure our children feel strong and literate in doing and I just think the value is is so fantastic and and so in that argumentative um, month at the end one of one of my students she had written about puppy mills where where people for the sake of money are having um, their breeding puppies at very large amounts, um, and they're not taking the best care of them. And it's, it's there's some really sad situations. And, it, and she has such a heart for this. She, this is a young girl who is in um, fifth grade, and she volunteers her time at their local uh, dog shelter. I mean, this is just something that's near and dear to her heart. So when I said we were going to write argumentative, she knew exactly what she was going to make sure we all knew and understood and did not support, you know, never buy a dog from a puppy mill. Like she just, she had some very strong opinions about this when she was done with her essay, which was phenomenal. She did a fabulous job. She took it to the shelter where, um, she spends her time and she shared it with one of the people who run the shelter and that woman loved it so much they have a facebook page of course for this um the shelter and she asked this young girl could i post your writing on our facebook page and i am telling you mark this is the stuff that i'm like dancing around my house jumping up and down excited because it's writing with a purpose We need to be teaching our children that writing is valuable, not because our teacher assigned it, but because we all have a voice and it needs to be heard. So, yeah, I I just I'm having so much fun with this. It's great. 
and and I think that's the key, isn't it? It has to come from why are you doing it? What what is it about this particular topic or the reason that I'm writing something that's got something to say to me? I mean, I remember having English at school and and it it was what it was and you and you do what you do. As soon as I was in a position of having to respond to emails or or write prospective letters for productions I was putting on and that kind of thing, I was suddenly very interested in grammar and I was very interested in in making sure that it looked right and it had the right feel and the structure was okay because I was getting across something which I really needed to make sure had the best possible finish. And um, and like I say, if you can create that from the beginning, then then, then you really are onto a winner. And there was an interesting article in the, um, in the NAEP Journal, NAEP being the National Association for Primary Education, which is one of the podcasts on this network. Um, and David Reedy, I think it was in there, um, was talking about the whole essence of, uh, certainly here in the UK, you know, children need to know the names of this type of proposi- preposition or and all the grammar and understanding what they're all called. And, mm-hmm. and it's, that's a very different feel to actually just writing from the heart and then understanding how all these things fit together and, and even maybe understanding what the technical term and terms are but at a certain point in your learning not necessarily like say in elementary school where over in america or or primary school here you know it's almost like the wrong way around that sense you need to know that it it this is a particular thing rather than this is what i'm feeling this is a message i want to get out there and i want to i want to have the tools to be able to let that flow yes yes exactly so as we said before, you know, we have our, our very loyal US audience as well as our UK audience. Um, so how do your courses and, and how do all these things um, fit sort of transatlantically, as it were? Is it is it very sort of geared towards the U, the US system or, or, or is it transitional and, and people in the UK could use it as well? Well, I think it's pretty universal, Mark, because uh, there are three main genres of writing. And, and so here in America, and I imagine where you are as well. We have national um, and statewide tests that are um, standardized tests. There are accountability piece, uh, and I see value in that accountability piece. I, I really do, and so I do support that. And so when I teach writing, I like to know that these are the universal genres of writing. Right? We have persuasive, um, but under persuasive, there are styles. There's an, there's opinion. There's argumentative, and there are little differences and nuances between these different styles, which is why I can teach a different genre and style every month all year long. Um, So secondly, there would be expository writing where we would find like informative pieces. These would be like your research papers as well as explanatory type, which tell the why something is the way it is. And then we have our more creative writing, which would be the narrative type, which could be anything from fables and myths to realistic fiction, historical fiction. So because writing is so universal, I truly feel that what I teach would fit anywhere. What I have are, and I'm starting to work on the standalone courses. So one of the things um, that I would say that I Another thing I should say that I love about my program is it's really been evolving per parent input. So parents are telling me, okay, I loved this, but it sure would be great if you had that. And I listen and say, oh, what a great idea. I could do that. So for instance, a homeschooling mother typically will have a third grader, a fifth grader, and a seventh grader, she'd really like to do the same writing class 
for all three, but how do you do that? Because they're obviously at different levels. So within my monthly course, I have embedded video instruction and there's a level one, which is always a single paragraph. So you can go that route. There's a level two, which is always two to three paragraphs, depending on the style. Like we just did comparison and contrast. So I taught block format. So that was a two paragraph, perfect for a level two. And then I always have level three, which is going to be more of a four to six paragraph essay for your older, your older child. But I will tell you, I had students who came in as third graders back in September and they started obviously with the level one and they're so proud to show me we're finishing, um, we're actually midway through April's course, which is on uh, writing a narrative and we're doing fables. And she's gone for a level three and she's a third grader and she wants to write multiple paragraph uh, fables. So you can go with whatever level you want, depending not so much on your grade, but on your interest in writing or maybe even how busy your month is that month. So if it's a really busy month, like I had people back in November we have Thanksgiving and so it's kind of a busy time for families. And so I had families who normally would do a level two say, we're just going to do the level one. We still want to learn all the parts and pieces of this style, but we're just going to commit to doing one paragraph for our practice. So I like that I can offer all those levels in there. And since it can be standalone that way, you can go watch your videos. It doesn't matter if you're on Pacific time or not. So I, I'm starting to create these different programs. So if you want the live component, um, if I'm Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. and you're East Coast, right? Or, you know, you're in the UK, <laughs> you know, it may be an evening course for you, but of course you'd be more than welcome to join. So I do think it's going to be able to uh, cross various countries and continents as well as homeschool versus classroom. I find that a lot of my classroom parents, so I do still have families that are in the traditional class that still want to do what I do um, because they need extra practice. So their, their child's learning the writing, but they want a little extra. Or maybe in the summer, they want to keep fine-tuning or sharpening those writing skills. So they'll purchase a month, a month's course to do on their own time during the summer. So, yes. So there's a lot of flexibility. I don't know. Did I answer your question and then some? <laughs> yeah, I, I, and then some. I think that's perfect. And, and there's some great stuff in there. And, and it's I can hear people just shouting saying hallelujah you know this is you know the the, the idea that the, and we talk about this in our household a lot you know just do what you can do now you know if you happen to be poorly then you can't work because you need to recover and that should be important so if this particular week or fortnight or month you can only do an amount of stuff then do what you're capable of doing within the world that you're living in at the time look after yourself keep everything going rather than all or nothing and you know and and, and people just hearing yeah I, and I was listening to parents and they wanted this and we were able to adapt it's everything teachers certainly here in the UK are just screaming about is the fact that you're not listening to me I'm telling you how I think we can really support children in a different way but we're you know shackled to what the governments are saying and that kind of thing so this this whole idea that you know no matter whether you're in the traditional system or you're homeschooling or whatever there's this general 
movement of people understanding what it is that we need and and you're, you're teaching english that's that's the most important thing and you can take whatever part of tests or whatever things that you need actually you're learning and teaching exactly what it is that children need to be able to do in a way that's working for them in a time frame that's working for them and in a style that works for them and that has to be the way the world's going and i think i think you're just a guiding light in terms of 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 the future for education generally not just in terms of english well i think i may have to quote you on that i'm a guiding light wow mark (laughs) feel free (laughs) i love it (laughs) you know what it's what's beautiful about it is it is truly my passion and i think as teachers you know i was listening one to one of your other more recent podcasts um from the education city and the teacher speaking was sharing how teaching in the classroom has changed so much that she pulled away from it because it was becoming more about giving tests and assessments and having to grade all of the time and mark those up. And it, I mean, it just, it became more of a paper pushing uh, type of environment. And a lot of teachers are creatives. They didn't get into teaching for that aspect. They want to be there because they, love working and igniting imagination in children and getting children to do what they're naturally good at doing and then coach them through it. I I honestly think of myself more as a coach than I do a teacher anymore. And that is what I love to do. A lot of what we talk about starts in our minds. You know, I'll have students who will come in and one of the first things I'll ask is, why are you taking my class? And students will say, because my mother is making me. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's not what I would be taking if I had a choice. I hate writing. And so we talk about how it starts with that thought process. If we're going to choose to think that we hate something, that's our choice, right? We have that prerogative. However, since we are in charge of our own thoughts, couldn't we have a different thought process to make this a more wonderful experience. What if, and I tell kids, I'm not here to turn you around and say, you're going to love writing. That's not the thought I'm trying to put into your head, but I want to offer up the opportunity that you could think I'm a capable writer. I'm a good communicator. I can get my thoughts from my head onto this paper. And so it's just very empowering. And what teacher doesn't want that. And I think that's where what I'm doing, I love to do. And I know there are tens of hundreds, thousands of teachers who would listen to this and say, yes, she gets it. Like, that's exactly how I feel. And I only know that because that's how I feel. And it's the same thing. And I think these kinds of things, like being able to teach our passions in some form of a digital course, in an online perspective, it's just going to make the world a bigger and better place. I'm so much for community over competition, when we can really embrace that thought, then yes, this is just going to be global, just beauty. (laughs) It'll all be so wonderful. I think that's that's absolutely right. And it really just reminds me of of exactly why I set up um, Learning on Fire, the other podcast in the network, because the the essence of that is is hearing the the regular questions but the the stories that come from all these people who are living life on their terms whether it's an adolescent listening to it or whether it's a parent and a, and a child listening together the whole point of that was kind of this story is this person finding their passion it was finding their voice within 
a system which they weren't quite sure really fitted them. They weren't sure which direction to go. But within that, they found a person, a mentor, a teacher, a situation which they thought, I now feel like I'm at home. I can really do something about this. And then the resources they share and the advice that they were given by people or or a podcast or a book or something which just opened their entire world. And it just it, it, exactly as you were saying, you know, you're not there to say you need to be a mathematician or an English person or a musician, you know, which is, of course, my passion. But that kind of let's expose you to all these things. Listen to the stories that all the people that are living life on their terms have come across. And then you start to get the real themes. You know, what was the thing that's really inspiring you? Is it something inside you which you know is always there to get out? You know, where do I go to surround myself with like minded people, which is what I love about your sort of the online virtual classroom? You know, you're surrounding with p- yourself with people, even if you're not in a physical space. And that's exactly what I sort of do week in, week out. You know, this virtual world of supportive people from a podcasting sense from an education sense and and the opportunity to chat to people all over the world it's just an amazing thing and i think when you can hear that time and time again as you can on the learning on fire podcast it just enables you to be able to feel i don't know where i'm going necessarily but i know where i can start to look and from there anything is possible that's exactly right it's it's just it's wonderfully inspiring i you know and and we need inspiration we need inspiration, and I think when we can glean inspiration from other people doing things uh, similar or sometimes even very different than what we do, it just it can just spark that idea in our own brains that help us be better creators. You know, I, I just I feel so strongly that we're all here to be creating something, whether that's music, whether that's something of the educational or the art, an art form. We all have something to give uh, to make this world a beautiful place, even if it's just small within our family or larger in a community or globally. It's all different, but it doesn't change the fact that we all have that something in us. And I I love hearing students uh, say, so one of the other things I have on my website is I do a student spotlight page. So one student that I had, this is a great example of just the process that a lot of these children will go through and how I know I am tapping into some of the talents and skills that they don't even know they have yet. And, and that is, that is the beauty. So one student who um, is on my student spotlight page, when he first began a couple years ago, he, his mother truly had to sit with him next to him and, and model sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. Uh, Now, Ethan just works so independently and I chose him to be the student spotlight for the month of March. I was so proud of his comparison and contrast essay, which he was very excited about. And um, in that, in his little bio area, I asked the question, you know, what are your thoughts on this writing class? And he mentioned in there that where he once liked writing the least, language arts in general, the least, it is now his favorite thing. And I just don't think that would have happened without this experience of letting other people hear his voice in his writing, having this audience, it mattered to him, right? And I think that a lot of these opportunities that we now have to do virtual classrooms, especially for homeschooling families who don't have maybe a large 
group, depending on where you live, you know, as we know, we have our friends Shane and Jocelyn in, in Kentucky, and that's one of the things that they have said now that they're homeschooling is they don't have a lot of local co-ops, so they're always looking for things like this. So I, I just, I think it does lend itself very well to the future of our education. I love it, and and the thing that sticks out for me the most is the fact that when you're sort of giving our children experience of life and subjects and learning the environment is so important because that's just a real classic demonstration of the fact it's not the subject matter or the learning per se which was the biggest change it was the fact the environment enabled him to come to it in a different way which he could then identify with and it might be that you just opened a door which opens a whole passion for him he might have never gone into had he sort of been just traditionally feeling like I've got to show up for English and it's not something I want to do and I think that's a real thing as teachers that we in, we inherently know that that's what we're trying to unlock isn't it um, but how our environment no matter what we're teaching and how we're going about doing it is such a key element. Absolutely. And I love the opportunity to plant these seeds. I have told several of my students and classes through the years, like, I know some of you are going to be these amazing authors. And I just remember, you know, you have to remember me, give, send me an autographed copy. I expect one <laughs> <laughs> because they do. They have such talent. It's exciting to see them get excited about something like this. Yeah. And and, and I think the flip side is the fact that they might not become a, a published author, but the 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 learning experience that you're giving them in this environment means that it unlocks something which enables them to to follow a passion in, in a different way and I, I just I just love that kind of sort of the, the whole sort of almost complete big fluffy towel hug of, of, of an education idea about that you know that kind of we're just there just to nurture these kids and allow them to shine and uh, yeah as I said before a guiding light which I absolutely love so tell us all where they can find out more where where can they go online and and make sure that they can get a real sort of in-depth understanding by seeing exactly what you've got to offer apart from just obviously having had a fantastic conversation well absolutely and i and i certainly hope people come over and connect with me i i'm a real person who (laughs) really loves real people and um you know i always tell a lot of the moms that i work with you know, if you are a perfect homeschool mom, there's no way we're going to get along because I'm far from perfect. <laughs> uh, but let's have a real experience. And so if you are a real person, I hope you come find me over on my website, which is writeonweb.com. And that's right as in W-R-I-T-E-O-N-W-E-B-B. Two B's, my last name. And um, over there, you can take a look at courses that I offer, the uh, different packages. Also exciting going on right now, my first children's book is being published and is due to come out in May or June. So you could come check that out. That's kind of a fun thing. This summer, I'm going to be doing a book club where we actually are going to do no writing at all. (laughs) Instead, we're going to enjoy the writing of others because I think that's really important too. So we've got a summer book club. So yeah, I hope people come on over to my website. That's the best place to find out a lot of uh, what I'm doing. But I'm also, I have a YouTube channel and I'm on Insta, all at Right On Web as well. Twitter, Facebook, I'm out there. Come find me. I would love to meet you. I think it'd be great. Melissa, thank you so much for chatting. It's been it's been interesting hearing how you've how quickly you've gone from your your six students when you launched to your hundred students, and I guess the next time we talk, it may be a thousand or more. And, and I wish you every success with it. And 
it's i can tell it's it's just comes from your passion your understanding and, and your your ability to show up in the world truly as you with all that experience that you've gained over the years as well and that's um and that's exactly what education on fire is about it's about passion it's about leading your true light and showing up in the world as your true self and um and that's exactly what you're doing so thank you so much for spending time with us and um and i wish you every success for the future Well, I thank you so much, Mark. I love the quote that you often say about education is not filling the bucket, but lighting the fire. And um, we're on the same page, my friend. I'm so happy to have had this time with you. Lovely. Thank you so much. And chat again soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I just wanted to remind you that we have some free downloadable English and literacy resources that have been given to us very kindly by teachingpacks.co.uk. If you go to our website, educationonfire.com, and in the top menu, click on blog, you will see each week I've been putting a free resource for you to download and explore to help you in your classroom. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to chatting to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.